Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. We are uh, underway on a Wednesday evening here in uh, June 9th. And coming off yet another wonderful victory this weekend for us, huh? Absolutely. Uh, for those listening last week, I gave out Patrick Cantlay to win at plus 2,200. And, of course, he came through. And a nice nice finish for him and for us there. Yeah. Uh, wonderful uh, finish there with Rom going down with COVID on Saturday. Opened the door. And Patrick Cantley walked through, pulling out the victory over Colin Morikawa on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I didn't see too much of it. I may or may not have had a bad hangover, but... Well, hey, that happens when you get married. Facts. So, um, again, Hammered Sports Podcast comes through with the outright winner for the golf tournament for the weekend. Yeah. We'll be taking the week off this week from picking golf tournaments because we don't have an angle for an event that's taking place at a venue that's never hosted a PGA Tour event and a field that's, you know, a little soft leading up to the U.S. Open. Yeah. So next week we'll be coming in full bore with U.S. Open preview and uh, giving out plenty of picks and players that we really like uh, leading up to the event at Torrey Pines next week. Yes. But let's talk about what else we have on the agenda tonight, Tom. All right, so... Uh, we're going to spend some time talking about UFC 263 at Asanya and Vittori 2. Um, should be a lot of fun there. And then we're actually going to go back to our old friends, uh, Pro Football Focus, with another article they have coming out ranking the top 32 NFL receiving core ahead of the season. Um, I'm going to guess that this got shook up a little bit with a trade recently, but that'll give us a chance to talk about that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we also are going to talk about, guess what? There are college football lines coming out for the beginning oh, yeah. of the season. There are a bunch of game of the year lines, and there are also some week one lines available. DraftKings has lines up already. Uh, we're going to cover tonight the first game that we see here on the draft available through DraftKings, and that is uh, Nebraska at Illinois on August 28th. And Nebraska is favored by nine and a half points, Tom. Yeah, we were just kind of looking at them. Um, obviously, we haven't done our Big Ten uh, kind of breakdown yet, but um, just from what we know of them last year, Illinois won the game last year. Yeah, 41-23. In Nebraska. Yeah. And go there, ahead. Were, there were five turnovers in the game, all committed by the Cornhuskers. Yes. The so big swing. That, that leads to a lot of points, you know, five turnovers in a game like that. and. The rest of the game statistically was very even and may have even leaned in Nebraska's favor slightly. Now, you know, you, you come back the next year, you've got Illinois with a new head coach and Brett Bielema taking over. When Bielema took over at Arkansas in 2013, they started 3-0, and Tom. Yeah. They jumped right out of the gate, and I think that you can get a bounce like that from a new coach, a new message. Um, new ideas about what you're doing, creating a new identity in the program. They just got word that Mike Epstein's going to return in the backfield. It's already a pretty deep backfield there yeah. uh, for the Illini. 
Nebraska giving nine and a half points. I don't feel comfortable with them giving nine and a half points on the road. Nebraska was three and five last year. Yeah. This is a team that uh, was better offensively as far as moving the ball goes. But the, that five turnover game was not like a blip on the radar. They had problems with turnovers. Yeah. They had problems finishing drives. And they had problems on defense. So, you know, when I take a look at it, my early reaction to this, obviously well before camp, I think that you're going to see that line come down a little bit. I would think that that line's closer to a touchdown at, at game time. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would take the nine and a half with Illinois right now. Uh, if you Lock can get it, in. If, if you're in a state where you can make a wager right now through DraftKings, they have it at nine and a half, and, and go ahead and fire on it because uh, I like the nine and a half with, with Illinois. I think you can expect a bounce from Bielema coming in. They're returning, you know, just as the, both teams are returning the same amount of production, essentially. They're both going to return their starting quarterbacks and um, the returning members of the backfield that had a bunch of success for Illinois against Nebraska last year. I think that nine and a half is just too much to ask, even if this game is played without turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. I think getting that kind of a value, especially early season games are wonky to begin with. Um, so give me the points at home in, a, in an early season kind of test like that. Yeah, and again, one of the big factors for me is the the bounce with Bielema uh, coming yeah. in and taking over. So uh, I'm excited to see that. It, you know, I, I love college football coming around and um, to have the, you know, the lines starting to come out. I, I get more and more excited every week as, as more and more lines come up. Now's the perfect time to plug again. Next week is the start of everything football. We're going to start with our college Sunbelt preview. We're going to start breaking down our top 10, or top, sorry, top 15 fantasy quarterbacks. Yes. And get that going. And, of course, the U.S. Open, and it'll be uh, the start of our football life. Yeah, it's going to be again. football mania around here from uh, June 16th through uh you know february february, <laughs> february 15th or whatever that, yeah, the date of that show is so yeah uh can't wait i'm so excited that it's here essentially for us to start these previews now let's move on and do a little ufc talk tom yeah absolutely uh big pay-per-view card this weekend um an interesting return match it's israel adesanya is again fighting marvin vittori um it seems a little soon for this I mean, to me personally, for this matchup to be ran back so fast, um, you know, I'm trying to look up that date. When was that fight? It was, okay, it was April of 2018. I'm just old and everything blends together. Yeah, it's been three years. And has Vittori improved enough in that time? Yeah. He certainly had a nice run um, to to turn it up a notch here and compete with Adesanya, who's, you know, coming back down from, from making the uh, the bold move up, trying to become a uh, multiple division champion. Yeah, I mean, Vittori lost a split decision to Adesanya. Uh, it was probably Izzy's biggest test until he moved up weight, and then he went on a tear, winning five in a row. But when you look at some of the guys, he did, did most recently beat Kevin Holland. But the way he won his fights, decision, decision. He got a submission against Carl Roberson, decision, decision. Uh, not exactly, um, you know emphatic victories for him uh, over this last time here but th this is kind of what he does he he wears on people he takes them down he leans on them he's big strong he's a good wrestler um, so that's kind of what you see out of him yeah and we've I mean we've got another rematch here um, of a December fight in uh, Davison Figueiredo taking on Brandon Moreno 
And, yeah. um, you know, when you when you talk about Moreno against Figueredo from the first time, I think that I think that a lot of people felt that uh, Figueredo was the the better fighter that night. Um, but it's hard for me to to really it, it was a great fight. First of all, these guys are so good. Uh, and to see Figueredo favored as heavily as he is here in this fight is a bit surprising to me. Um, you've got plus 180 on Brandon Moreno in this fight. You know, when, when these guys fought a classic and uh, Moreno was right there in it with him. Right. So I know that uh, when you when you saw how explosive Figueredo was in the fights leading up to that Moreno fight, I think that's kind of what, uh, what's, got, what's in everyone's mind, you know, is that uh, – you know, maybe maybe Figueiredo just fought down a little bit. Brandon Moreno's nasty, so to to think that he fought down, I, I don't think that that's the case at all. I think that Moreno stepped up, and he's they're on equal footing. I think that these guys are really good fighters. Do you have a, a feeling one way or another in the fight? Yeah, because I remember watching this fight, and uh, it seems like it took uh, Figueiredo a little bit to get going. Um, he got a point deducted for the groin strike; otherwise, he would have won. Instead, it was a draw, which is why we're having the rematch. Um, I feel like the first round or two, um, maybe Moreno's speed. I'm not sure if it was angles he was taking, but it seemed to a little confuse him. But once he f- kind of figured it out, uh, he took him to deep water. He was more than up to the test. So, you know, I, I would imagine my money would be on Figueredo, but I'll probably stay away from him because he's such a huge favorite. Yeah. Um, Betting him at minus 230 is tough to do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a lot. And a lot to ask. You can see this one being another five-round war. Um, yeah, flyweights yeah. tend to go the distance in general unless somebody gets caught with a right. submission. So, And, you know, let's talk about the rest of the card, Tom, and oh, fights man. that stand out to you on the card. Right after, you know, the, the fight before these two main events, you got the number three welterweight in the world and Leon Edwards, a huge favorite against Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is always a draw and usually makes for entertaining fights. Exactly. You just know it's going to be a blast. How about Damian Maya taking on Bilal Muhammad? Uh, Maya has historically been perhaps the best grappler or BJJ practitioner in MMA. Always underrated and undervalued in these as well. Yeah, plus 180 on Damian Maya in this fight. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, Muhammad's good on the ground, but it, it, he's not at that level. Um, he's yeah. going to want to stand and strike if he can. And then a fun one to start the main card, Paul Craig taking on Jamal Hall or Jamal Hill. Yeah. A uh, couple guys that will throw bombs. Bang. Yeah. It's going to be time to bang right there. Both of them are not scared. Uh, this the, the great thing about this card is obviously it has some of the, the luster up top with a couple fights for, for belts. But the prelims are good. The early prelims yeah. have guys on it you want to see. Hakeem Dewadu against Mavsar Evlayov. Uh, yeah. That's going to be another really good fight right there. Uh, those guys will get in and, and put on a show. Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. Uh, those th- those ladies can, can get after it. Um, it looks like Brad Rydell got rebooked here. He's fighting Drew Dober. Drew Dober, yeah. And then you've Eric Anders and Darren Stewart. Another really good fight to see. And um, Alexis Davis and Panny Kianza. You know, those are – it's like good fights up and down the card. Chase Hooper's making another run to the octagon against Steven Peterson. Uh, Chase Hooper's really fun to watch right now as he's learning. Slight underdog in the fight. You can get him at minus 110. He's, you know, uh, he looks like he's five. um, Yeah. So that counts counts against them in the UFC. Yeah. so that'll be fun. And Matt Frivola is fighting. Yeah. 
So that's always fun to see one of those guys in there. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best nicknames in fighting. The steamroller. Yeah. So a ton of good fights. I would definitely stay tuned to some. Uh, this is, I can't wait to play a little DK. Oh, yeah. For this and also uh, some nightly bets. We're going to see some fun stuff. Yeah, I, I would say that the bets that stand out most to me right now is I like Chase Hooper at minus 110. Yes. Um, I like uh, Brad Rydell at, at plus 120 against Drew Dober. I think that he can win the fight. Drew yeah. Dober is a great fighter, um, but I think Brad Rydell is an up-and-coming name uh, that not a lot of people are familiar with. What do you got the Anders-Stewart uh, fight at? Anders is minus 145. Stewart's plus oh, okay. 115. So I, I think I lean Eric Anders in that fight, but... Um, I'm probably going to throw some money on Nate. Yeah. He's such a huge underdog. Yeah, he's plus 400. You've got, they've got Leon Edwards at minus 600. That's that's a crazy number. And then probably Damien, because I'm always on him, because it, it pays off so often. Damien Maya, you just throw money at him. He's always... It's not exciting, necessarily. Yes. He's just so slick on the ground that he finds his way onto guys' backs. And, <laughs> you know, he, that he just gets there somehow, you know, and... Um, you know, for me, Paul Craig at plus two twenty against uh, against Jamal Hill. You know that you've got to put some money on Paul Craig in this situation. That that's a huge price. So um, yeah, it, it's the card is stacked top to bottom. This is going to be one of your favorite cards that you watch all year if you tune in. Uh, start start to finish. Uh, yes. That's what I mean. Like well rounded. You know, some fight, some cards have great top end fights. Yeah, they have a, an amazing and, main card, or and then they lack through the rest of the card. This one is a card that you're going to love it top to bottom, and that's the beauty of it. It's not just a uh, a few fights at the top end that you're going to be excited about. It's start to finish. You've got fights that you're going to be interested in, so I, I'm excited. Should be great. Next, uh, we've also, I mean, if you, if you look ahead, there's a couple of events coming up here um, throughout the, for the UFC. You know, um, what do you got? On the 19th, I think they have, oh, yeah, Jung against uh, Danny Gay. Um, yep. So, and then uh, Cyril Ghan against uh, Alexander Volkov. So you got some heavyweights going at it. Um, on July on, 10th. On June 24th. And then July 10th, yeah, uh, Poirier-McGregor. Have they put anything out? Oh, I don't think I'm going to click it. Who, I, I don't know if, what else, other fights they've announced for this one yet. Nothing. Oh, no, oh yeah, Greg Hardy and Tai Tuivasa. Uh, Wonder Boy against Gilbert Burns. Oh, yeah, That's a that. great fight. Arena Aldana against Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, oh, Sugar Sean O'Malley against Louis Smolka. Oh, man. Smolka's getting smoked. You would think, but Smolka's a tough dude. Uh. Nico Price, one of my favorite guys to watch fight against Michael Pereira Lima, who's just shredded all the time, and Sean Brady, who's performing very well against Kevin Lee, who who's making a return. Omari Akhmedov against Brad Tavares, man, talk about another one that's loaded from top to bottom. Jerome Rivera, a great grappler against Shalgaz Jumagilov. Uh, Hao Yuzhong against Alan Alen Amadevsky. So <laughs> there's uh, well done. There's uh, a lot of fights on that Heating card the that, that are going to be great. So about a month apart, you got June 12th and then July 10th. Those are the two cards to be super excited about. Um, you know, and then down the line in, in summer, you're going to have a lot more great fights to watch too. So um, UFC is doing a great job at putting together good cards. So um, no complaints there. 
Absolutely. They're the best at just keeping their product fresh and ready to go. Oh, yeah. No question. And uh, the last thing that we were going to cover tonight is the um, NFL preview here for the wide receivers, the PFF rankings of the wide receiver core. We starting at 1 or 32 tonight? Let's start at 32 again. And let me take a shot here at some wide receiver groups that might be really bad. Well, I got one I think is going to be the bottom here. You think it'll be the bottom? Is it the Jets? No, but that's not a bad idea. Same division. Oh, the Patriots? Oh, they're pretty bad. Let's see what we got. Got a guess before I get there? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought, oh, it wow. was, I thought it was the oh, Houston Texans. Huh? Houston Texans. At 32. Um, Cooks, Randall Cobb, Dante Moncrief, and rookie Nico Collins. Yeah, Three old guys and a rookie that has, you know, maybe long-term potential. Well, that is pretty bad. That team is going to be up. Just absolute. Can we can we say shit show on the air? Yeah, we can uh, say shit show on the air. It's gonna be an absolute shit show this year. You can't say goddamn on the radio. <laughs> no, don't worry, no one's listening. <laughs> if that, you get that, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> thirty-one, Detroit Lions. Um, you know they lose Kenny Galladay, and Ooh. now they're down to a bunch of tall guys apparently. Yeah, um, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Geronimo Allison. Quentin Cephas from last year. Yeah, Quintez Cephas, yeah. They're, it's not anything to write home about. That was bad. Yeah. The Eagles, they've had a rough go of keeping wide receivers. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Jalen Rager was off to a, you know, a little bit of a slower start, but yeah. they added Devontae Smith. Travis yeah. Fulgham stepped up and made a lot of nice plays. Looks like a guy that's going to be around long term. Um, after that... I'm not a fan of J.J. Sega white side. No. Um, you know, it it hasn't been good in the wide receiver room there, but I do see some potential long-term. And we're already to one of the trade partners here. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they lost Corey Davis, but this article came out prior to the trade for Julio Jones, which obviously is a big improvement to your room because no matter how you stack it up, Julio Jones is probably still like a top 25, 20, 25 wide receiver in the yeah, NFL. absolutely. Um, he could be a one on a lot of teams still. And you add him with A.J. Brown, and all of a sudden that room is a whole lot different than it was before. So, you know, kind of take that with a grain of salt. It is what it is. That's That, that room is better than, than PFF had them ranked. And now we get to the Jets. Yeah, they were in the bottom five like I expected. Um, Corey Davis. I guess Denzel Mims flashed some talent. I, I again, pre-draft last year. Um, I said that I didn't like him because he fought the ball throughout the senior bowl when I was watching it. Uh, but I didn't see a ton of that uh, in his early in what he did participate in last year. Um, and they've got Jamison Crowder. So, you know, you're banking on the growth of Denzel Mims this year. Corey Davis coming in and being more impactful. He was a, a high upside selection a few years back, picked in the first round by the Titans. So, you know, you're looking for guys to outproduce what they have in the past at this point. And, um, you know, not always not always easy to do. The Saints coming in at 27 on the surface seems a little surprising until you get to the meat and potatoes of who they have on the team. Michael Thomas is back, but Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Jared Cook's gone. Um, they will have Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. 
um, but not exactly household names right, after but, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Deontay Harris, too. He, had, yeah. he made some nice explosive plays for them. Um, you know, so it's the question is, you know, can Traquan Smith handle a, a bigger load there in New Orleans? I think he can. Um, he's he's played really well when he's been asked to step up. And we have the Raiders coming in at 26. Henry Ruggs III coming in. Uh, who else we got? Aguilar still there? Nope. He no, went to New gone. England, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was one of the oh. 8 million signings. Oh, they got John Brown from Buffalo. Um, let's see. Hunter Renfro is in the slot again. He's not bad. Yeah. It's not a bad group, but nothing that grabs your attention. Yeah, no one that scares you in this group, no. really. A bunch of guys who can play. And here's where they have the Patriots. Um, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Why is this group higher than some of these other ones? I'm I, not sure. I guess Oh, they're they're saying receiving core, so they're giving them credit for the tight ends, Henry and Jonah Smith. Yeah, I guess that all right, that'll change it a bit, I guess. Yeah. Gross. Indianapolis, T. Y. Hilton comes back. Um, but you know, I think the the biggest producer on this team will be Michael Pittman eventually. Yeah. Um, he showed some flashes, and I wasn't high on him coming out in the draft last year, but his performance uh, surprised me. Um, he was able to, to find separation and, and catch contested balls. So, you know, I, I kind of like what Michael Pittman brings to the table moving forward. The thing I like the most about Pittman for the Colts is he's like the exact opposite of T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is fast, um, you know, a little smaller. On Works the side. in space well, yeah. Let me get out of here. Michael Pittman is a bit of a bigger-bodied going to make some contested catches and yeah you know doesn't need separation to to be open the jacksonville jaguars now at 23 here uh dj shark you know he's got all kinds of talent and finally started to show a little bit um in 2019 i right? like this wide receiver group honestly um dj shark's good they got the ever steady marvin jones who just his his numbers are way better than what you think. <laughs> They're so consistent too. Like every yeah. year, he's like, "I'll just catch 850 yards and like eight touchdowns and just go sit on the sideline." See you guys. He has the sixth highest contested catch rate in the NFL over the last three years, you know, and that'll give an opportunity to, for Lawrence to let it go down Box. the field and, and have some faith. And Lavisca Chenault is uh, very explosive. Had a rough year last year as a rookie, but eh, it, it, it right? sucked. Right, and he did a lot of different things, too. They yes. lined him up at running back. He can do a lot of different things. He's kind of a gadget guy. Um, Colin Johnson out of Texas, uh, six-foot-six guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he has a potential to, you know, perhaps step in and get more opportunities this year, and uh, he, he could fit with this receiving core because you've got Shark and Chenault that are going to be your speed guys, and then you've got your outside threats here in Marvin yeah. Jones and, and Colin Johnson. So... Um, not overall a bad group. No, a young group, but not bad. Right. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, and of course Marquise Brown. So that's better. That's you better. know, adding Rashad Bateman, adding Sammy Watkins, that room has improved. And Tylon Wallace, I forgot they added him too. I yeah. like I like that pick. All right. Plus they're tight ends. We all know. The Bears, Allen Robinson, who just is really good and stuck in Chicago for his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Miller. Uh, I was high on him coming into the season last year for fantasy purposes. It didn't really amount to much. It didn't. Everything went to Allen Robinson. Yeah. 
Darnell Mooney showed up out of nowhere last year, um, you know, and had you know, 61 catches last year for 630 yards. Um, you know, that's pretty good. You know, nice little piece. Um, they added uh, Marquise Goodwin to get some speed. Demir Bird. Yeah. Both guys can fly. So, you know, Marquise Goodwin, the question is, does anybody hit him in the head? Yes. Or when does somebody hit him in the head? It's right. fairly inevitable. Um, Panthers, Robbie Anderson. Uh, let's see. What else they got? DJ Moore. Yeah. No. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you know, Terrace Marshall. That was the big uh, draft selection for them. And one of my favorite picks in the draft, actually. I think that that fits nicely. Um, I think it's an upgrade for Sam Darnold over what he threw to in the past. So, And he gets his boy Robbie Anderson back. Yeah. The Washington football team, a, a, another team that has a sneaky, decent set of people with, obviously, Terry McLaurin's good, Adam Humphrey's in the slot, and then adding Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Um, not bad. Antonio Gandy-Golden's a little bit of a fun project for them. We'll see if he can yeah. do something, man. Yeah, So much fun in college. And they drafted Deami Brown out yeah. of North Carolina. Um, so there, there are going to be some guys that are going to be fun to – there are toys there for, for Fitzpatrick to work with. That team is going to be scary how good they are, and I don't think people know it. Yeah. The Steelers of Pittsburgh, uh, this is a weird group. You have Chase Claypool, who I think is, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the kid. Yeah. But I think he's being overblown at this point with some of the stuff he was able to do last year. Deontay um, Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, I mean, James Washington. So they're running it back with the same group, essentially, that they had yes. last year. And it's a solid, steady group um, that maybe has some more upside left in it because all those guys are pretty young still. Yeah. Then we move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who have DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that mm -hmm. is such a good receiver there. And then the old men. And then and then you have A.J. Green and Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, Christian Kirk is uh, – I'm not sure how AJ Green and Larry fits into that. I think group. Fitz is done, right? He's out. Did, I think he no, retired. Did he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he did retire, huh? Yeah. But well, AJ Green is coming in to replace one old man with another. Yeah. AJ Green's had way more injuries than Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald was very durable. Yeah, career. he was. I don't know why he retired. To be honest with you, I think he still had something left in the tank. He's enjoying playing golf. Who can blame him? Not a me. Of, a lot of nice golf courses in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons, this one is obviously the other member of that deal where Julio Jones is now yeah. gone. But still a, a decent group here with Kelvin Ridley and now the addition of Kyle Pitts, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and Hayden Hurst still there as well. Russell Gage uh, did a nice job. Uh, they throw yeah. the ball so much that numbers get kind of uh, wonky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, did they add uh, Tajay Sharp? Yeah, and Frank Darby. Yeah. So a couple, oh. couple young guys, which seems like maybe they're plotting this from the get go yeah. here. Chargers. Keenan Allen just does his thing. Mike Williams um, seems to be one big year, one not so much. One big year. We'll see what happens. He follows it up with this year. Yeah. Um, Jalen Guyton was kind of a downfield threat for them, um, so you know they're, they're okay. They're you know they're they're receiving core is okay. It's not an area of need. Um, they got to replace Hunter Henry. Uh, they yeah. did that with Jared Cook. 
Uh, they're going to need a, a younger option at some point. The Packers having maybe the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. Yeah. Alan Lazard is weird. Um, 40 catches, 609 yards last year. Not bad. Valdez Scantling had uh, lots of big plays at times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the consistency behind Devontae Adams makes this group to me really thin. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as, as they've rated it. I think that this is the one that I have the biggest objection with uh, how, thus far. How high they are, yeah. I think they should be in the, you know, maybe 21, 20s, 22 yeah. range, not 14th in the league. The Browns. Yeah, here's another one that I'm not sure I agree with because if Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy, Jarvis Landry's on the field. Um, Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. And then Peoples Jones. Good yeah, Lord. Donovan Peoples Jones was, you know, dangerous at times. And they've added Anthony Schwartz, who's lightning in a bottle. Um, he'll have an opportunity to be a, a severe deep threat for them. And then they have three good tight ends. Yeah. So this receiving core to me is underrated. The Bengals of Cincinnati. I like this one. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. It's a solid group of three, honestly. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think tight end is – let's see, do they have anything on that? It should be an interesting group here. Yeah, it just says could use a better um, – yeah, they got Drew Sample. And C.J. Uzoma still on the still on the roster there. So um, definitely the area that brings that unit down a bit. The Giants at 11. Goodness. With Kenny Galladay leading the way. Real good. Yeah. Darius, um, Darius Slayton. And Kadarius Toney is the draft pick. Sterling Shepard still on that team. Yep. Um, John you know, Ross. It, it's actually, it is a, it's a good group. Top to bottom, I think Kenny Galladay is a bit overrated. Uh, so he was on the lines who just, hey Matt, how far can you throw it? Yeah, <laughs> that was their offense. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not 100 sold on that group. But no, yeah, we could uh, drop them a little bit here. Yeah, the Seahawks, um, a lot of fun to watch these guys last year on offense. DK Metcalf, um, Lockett. Yeah, you, you just talk uh, Metcalf and Lockett, and immediately. You've got me sold on a team that's going to be near the top ten when you've got those two guys, um, and you know I am uh, the biggest fan of Dwayne Eskridge of anyone who was talking about prospects pre-draft this year. So uh, for me, I, I think that he's going to make an immediate impact on this team and and make some plays. I think he fits in perfectly with what they've got there already too. We have the Dolphins coming in at number nine with Will Fuller. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, King Grant, uh, the ever-fun Lynn Bowden Jr. Albert Wilson, um, and then Malcolm Perry. It's a it's a deep receiver room now with the addition of, of Waddell and Fuller uh, to create some op opportunities down the field. Uh, I'm very excited about this Dolphins receiving core this year. And then um, Mike Kosicki, of course, becoming one of the better tight ends in the league last year. Yeah. Um, you know, giving them a, an option from there as well. Yeah. A dangerous option from there. Um, the Rams always seem to have one of the more fun groups. Woods and uh, Cooper Cup, a lot of fun to watch the two of them. Van Jefferson. I think uh, Van Jefferson's ready to take a big step forward now, yeah. too. It'll be interesting to see kind of um, where he fits in with the addition of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. 
And uh, Higby and Gerald Everett do a fine job at tight end. And Tutu Atwell, by the way. Yeah. Just, you know, more fun. Absolutely. 49ers. Yeah, this is high. This is high. I like Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You know, I like both of them. Um, Travis Benjamin, Richie James, Jalen Hurd. I mean... I guess they get a big bump for Kittle. Kittle does give you a bump, but... Man, I don't know. I, I think that that is a bit high on that group for me. The Broncos. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Um, the fun part about this group is how young it is still. Like yeah. This group, maybe if they get a quarterback, uh, but also in a couple years could be really nasty if they stay together. But Tim I, Patrick does a nice job. Seth Williams is a guy who kind of fits – the mold of a of a four three receiver. You don't know for anything them. about Seth Williams, do you? Yeah, <laughs> I watched Seth Williams struggles to get separation, but man, can he catch contested balls! Um, and then of course they have the Noah fan too. He's going to be very quickly climbing the. He's one of my favorite DK ends. Yeah, no I doubt. Said, I said T and then ends instead of saying T. It was weird. Four tight ends. Yeah, it was weird. I apologize. The Vikings, Minnesota. All right, so. You got Justin Jefferson, who did better than you could have imagined to ease the blow of trading ways. Not better than I could have imagined. I picked him to be the... There's no way you would have projected those numbers for him. I picked him to be the NFC Rookie of the Year. Sure. But still, I don't know if you would have picked those numbers. Those numbers were very (laughs) high. They were really high. But, I mean, you know, I thought he was going to be the best receiver in the class, and he was. Adam Thielen? Yeah. Um, still, so a really good one too. Then what? Chad Beebe. This is my problem with this. I I don't see it. I don't see this team at number five in the NFL for receiving core because it's razor thin. Yeah, I don't think they're ahead of. Um, they're definitely not ahead of Seattle. Good lord, they're. I don't think they're ahead of San Francisco when you look at all the weapons. I don't think they're ahead of Denver. I because because of the, the depth. Of them, yeah. it, it, you know they have two guys. When you're talking top end, that's great, but. It's the rest of the, you know, the rest of the wide receiver room that's just not that strong. And then you got my team, the Buffalo Bills, at number four. Diggs, Cole Beasley, they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. Gabriel Davis was better than expected as the fourth-round pick last year. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's still there doing all those fun little trick plays and jet sweeps and yeah. being a lot of fun. and. They're a good, well-rounded, deep unit. I think that they should have been downgraded more for the tight end production piece. Yeah. Um, so I probably would have slid them down just a couple of spots on the list um, just because of that. You know, they, they don't get a lot of production from the tight end position. And, they you know, they, they had a ton of volume. You know, they, yeah. they, they had a ton of volume in the, the passing game. They didn't run the ball very much last year. So um, sometimes volume equates ability, but sometimes volume is just volume, and there's – you know, because they, they weren't very effective running the ball, they passed the ball a lot, and they were great at that. Um, I think that D- Diggs and Beasley are a perfect fit for one another. Um, and Gabriel Davis, to me, is uh, an outstanding talent. Some of the plays that that guy made this year, yeah. I, I I believe that... He uh, won the Colts game for him. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I think it's not talked about enough. Those two catches before halftime were insane. He's incredibly talented and gifted, and I think that that's, that's the guy that... Uh, made a nice touchdown catch against your Dolphins, too. Man, I don't know. I blacked that out in my memory. <laughs> uh, it was the first game, not that debacle of a second one, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs at three. 
interested yes. to see what they got ahead of them here. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, probably the best one-two wide receiver tight end punch in the league. Um, yeah. Kind of hard to argue against that one. McCole Hardman is very explosive, and Demarcus Robinson gives you some outside stuff. Uh, here's another one that the depth just isn't that, yeah, isn't that appealing to me. I would put them below Buffalo w- when it comes to depth. You know, it's just they're so explosive with the top two guys. That's why that's to me what makes it very difficult to yeah. to rate these. I'm, I mean, are we rating the entire unit as a whole? Because that's what it seems like they're doing, but only sometimes. Right, <laughs> right. It's almost uh, you know this one doesn't have it. Um, what I won't, you know, I wish they would have had more of a. You know, is it 60-40 wide receiver tight end? Right. Or, you know, how, right. how do they come up with those numbers? And then we've got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Love this group. Yeah. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. Those three wide receivers together are the best three wide receivers, Listen, I think, in the NFL. I just wish that 90% of the Cowboys fans I know in my life were not so annoying so I could just root for this team a little bit more. I know. I feel like Dak and Zeke have kind of been hated on so much that yeah. now you're like, I kind of want them to win so they can tell all these people to shut up. Yeah. But it'll never happen. Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz at tight end, and both of those guys have the ability to, to make plays. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully they can stay healthy this year. The The Cowboys have had a lot of injury problems uh, over yeah. the last few years. You know, They need to work on that strength and conditioning program. Yeah, I know. They should, they should look to hire somebody. Yeah. I don't Seriously. know what it is. It's... Uh, the number one wide receiver core in the NFL, belong according to PFF, belongs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, presumably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, and O.J. Howard. Scotty Miller. Scotty, Mil- Scotty Miller still there, yeah. 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 It's, These guys brought everyone back. It's yeah, they garbage. did bring everyone back. Um, it's a great, it's a great group. And, um, you know, I think that the wide receiver room is underrated when it comes to success in the NFL. Um, because if you have a bad quarterback, a great wide receiver room doesn't do you any good. Yeah. Um, the same thing can happen with the running back room. Uh, but when you look at it historically, we've had primarily teams with a number one go-to wide receiver option either winning the Super Bowl or being in the Super Bowl in general. When you look at it over the last few years, who are our last you know, couple of Super Bowl winners? You've got Tampa. Um, they have Mike Evans, who's a clear number one, who won mm-hmm. the Super Bowl the year before. Chiefs. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, it, it, you can go down the line. New England's a bit of a misnomer to this, like they are for most things, though. Because they had the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, they got a, They never really had the, the, the Moss year they did, but they didn't win. Um, right. You know, the, the rest of the time they've kind of – Edelman's been their best, but he hasn't been like a true number one kind of guy. They just – he just throws it to who's open. It's kind of this thing. Right, right. But they've never really needed to pursue – before that, other than that season where they went 16-0 and and had Randy Moss on the team. And that just kind of happened by accident. Right. <laughs> They're like, hey, you're disgruntled. You want to come hang out? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, fun little breakdown there on the wide receiver rooms, according to PFF. Uh, next week, we've got uh, a I huge... I like this one a lot less than the quarterbacks. Me too. Rankings. It, it wasn't as good. Get, get your shit together. So, next week, we have... The U.S. Open preview. Yes. The Sun Belt the Sun preview. Belt. The top 15 NFL 
quarterbacks, fantasy, fantasy quarterbacks. NFL quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, awesome. anything else we'll sprinkle in there? I don't know. We'll, we'll recap yeah. the UFC definitely from this re- weekend. Yep, definitely going to recap the UFC. Um, you know, we'll see if any other – maybe we'll come up with a couple more of the lines. I don't know if, yeah. how, how much we want to get into that now because, you know, we right. will have a week zero preview. Right. All right. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And um, once again, make sure you're paying attention because uh, we gave out a plus $2,200 winner. Plus $2,200 winner last week. Yeah. All right. Catch you guys later.